0: I think one of the biggest barriers to growth is your willingness to tolerate discomfort or your unwillingness to tolerate discomfort because growing is different and different is uncomfortable. So are you willing to tolerate that? Are you willing to experiment for the sake of growing and learning and just saying, did that work for me or not?
1: Welcome to CEO on the go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance. And I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back to CEO on the go. I hope you're doing well and that you've enjoyed the last few episodes. I like it when there seems to be a thread that connects a few episodes together. I typically don't plan that. They just build on each other nicely, at least I think so. So, a couple of episodes back, I recorded an episode called Don't Blame the Work, Rethink It. That was episode number 161. It essentially challenged the idea that work is believed to be the main cause for so many of the problems that we face regarding well-being. And I also don't believe that leaders need to be solely responsible for everyone's well-being at work. Individuals can assume greater responsibility for that, and leaders can support them in many ways. And there are lots of good things that come about when you don't blame the work and rethink it. My guest today will share the rethinking about work that he did that put him on a different path that led to, to new growth and new success. And before I share more about him, I also wanted to mention the previous episode I did called Leveraging AI, Your Experimentation Imperative, that was number 162, because I believe it is an imperative for leaders, that's you, to get more comfortable with and practice experimenting, especially as it relates to AI. Uh, But being willing to experiment in all aspects of your life and work is just so important. And my guest today reinforces that idea as well. So I'm excited to share the conversation I had with Rusty Gaylord, who's an executive career coach, speaker, and author. He was the worldwide director of finance at Apple in the hypergrowth years after the iPhone was announced running the global sales forecast. And prior to that, he worked at GE. He was schooled as a rocket scientist and plays in a rock band. He has very interesting background. I learned that he and I actually have a lot in common as it relates to the thought process we went through when leaving the big corporate world and taking steps to, to put ourselves on a new entrepreneurial growth path doing work that matters. We also have similar passion and commitment to help other executives on their own growth path. So this episode builds nicely on the previous two that I mentioned. I really like Rusty's insights about what it takes to put yourself on a new growth path, especially when you feel like there's risk or fear that's holding you back. And quick sidebar here, just wanted to make clear, I'm not encouraging you to leave your job. Uh, Not necessarily, just because we did that doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you. You might be able to create your own new growth path opportunity within your organization or wherever you are now. I believe it takes a healthy growth mindset to help you move past the fear and in the direction that makes sense for you now. I was surprised to hear that a growth mindset did not come naturally to Rusty. It's something that he had to cultivate. I'll let him explain. Enjoy my conversation with Rusty Gaylord. Rusty, welcome to CEO on the Go podcast. I'm so glad that you're here.
0: Thanks, Gail. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: Good. Well, I, I know that you and I have just gotten to know each other and we seem to have a lot in common. I uh, was really impressed with your background and knowing that you had been in the corporate world for so long and specifically with Apple uh, in your role as worldwide director of finance. I was curious to know what led you to, to your own growth path since that's the theme of this podcast to, to give me a little background on when, when that happened and, and why. So what's your story there?
0: Yeah. I, the, the, the full story is, is actually it was an intersection of both a personal and a professional growth path. The personal growth path was getting divorced, which is, uh, you know, for some people, there's no growth in that. But for me, there was a lot of growth in it uh, because I, I took it as not something I wanted in life, but it was something that presented itself. And I, I did the most that I could to learn and grow from that. And as a part of that, and really that influenced my professional path because I started to look at the world differently. And I started to look at myself differently. And I learned a lot of things about myself through that personal experience, which I then brought into work. And what I found through that process was so much of my career up until that point had been focused on working at great companies, working at reputable companies. You know, I worked at General Electric when Jack Welch was CEO. For any of you listeners who remember Jack Welch, it was a big deal back then. And then I worked at Apple and I was there during the time the iPhone was announced and and took off. And so, you know, two big companies, great names, everybody recognizes them, that everyone's interested to learn about it. And that was important to me. And then I reached a point where I said, okay, that's great, right? I get some, I'm inheriting some status or some importance or something from these companies that I'm working for. But I realized I'm one person in this giant company. And if I disappear, it's not going to have any impact at all on the company. And I want to do something that feels like I'm leaving a little bit more of an impact on the world uh, rather than stay safe, take home a paycheck and have a nice life. I want to do something that had a little more impact. And so that was the what put me on to this growth path.
1: Yeah, and of course, I can so relate some somewhat parallel stories here. But um, I, I was really curious to know, because you're in a role of finance, which is historically known for, you know, being very careful about taking risks, right? Uh, in terms of the, the stereotype, and we probably have a lot of listeners in that field as well. So it seems like you were uh, more drawn to, to wanting to do work that matters or making an impact as opposed to, to staying in the corporate role. Was it especially hard, though, given how you had been trained or um, had become accustomed to working in your job?
0: Yeah. You know, having worked for 14 years at Apple, I actually think of this in terms of how, not just how our devices are programmed to do a certain thing, but how we are programmed to do a certain thing. And it was not just my training in finance, but it was also my upbringing. My dad worked at the same company for 35 years and his model of a good career was pick a good company and stay there. And so, like, you know, I remember as a kid, he would literally put on a suit and pick up his briefcase and go to work. I mean, this was like classic, almost 50s era. I'm not that old, but um, didn't grow up in the 50s. But it was, that's what it was like. And so, to me, it was, that was my programming. That's what success looked like. And so, there was a huge part of me that was drawn to just keep doing what you're doing continue going to work and Apple's a great company I had a great job there I had been in the job for a lot of years I was really good at it it had become easy for me yeah, I was paid well you know there, there's so many levels on which people would look at me and say you're crazy to leave this job and and, and so I, I really to me I, it was it was this this process of zooming out and I use that with my clients a lot like zoom out from this specific thing that you're in into the big picture of your entire career and even beyond that into the big picture of your entire life. And what will matter to you? And to me, in that perspective, I just it it became so obvious. Like even if I go off and I try something different and I fail miserably, and I go back and work at Apple again, that will still have been a good experience in the grand scheme of life. And I will regret it if I don't try it.
1: That's such a great attitude to have. I remember thinking that too. At the time when I left, I had two small children and I thought, I want them to see their mom doing something that she really wants to go for, even at the risk of failing. Um, and so I love that spirit about you. What What would you say to people who are beginning to have inklings or they may be very clear that they're not on the right path or that they need to make a change? How, how do people know when they're on the path that they, quote, should be on or feel good about being on versus something that they probably need to to take a closer look at and affect some change in?
0: Yeah, well, we all we all know, right? We all know at some level, we've got that inkling and the questioning, the uncertainty. And it's a question of what you do with that, right? You can push it away and say, no, I can't do that right now. I have two small kids. I've got to stay in this job and be safe and secure. Or you can listen to it and honor it. So that's the first piece. The second piece I would say is it's never an intellectual decision, uh, right? This is not something that you're going to be able to analyze and rationalize any more than you can use that approach to pick what you're going to eat in a restaurant. That's just not how we do it. You go in and you have to listen to more what you want, and that is not an intellectual thing. So I I actually have a kind of three simple steps that I use to help guide people through making an important decision. And they all start with the letter S uh, and so it, they're you know, simple steps, but they're for super decisions. Uh, and so the first S is space that you need to give yourself some space. Uh, and that's really, it's both changing your physical environment because your physical environment shapes the way you think, right? Like you'll notice this when you walk into your office, if you're still going into an office, like you just kind of take on almost a different persona, right? Now I'm at my, now I'm my work self. Because you're in the office. So your physical environment really makes that difference. So change your environment, go somewhere different, go outside, go for a walk, but also give yourself some emotional space, some, you know, to step away from what it is that's going on. Just like, hey, I'm going to not obsess over this for a few minutes, and I'm going to think expansively. So that's S. That's the first S is space.
1: Yeah. And I was going to add to that. I've even had some clients, very senior level uh, executives and CEOs that say, I just want to get off the grid. So it wouldn't even be that kind of short term space. It's I need to have a few weeks away, just in a very, very different, more extreme kind of different environment.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole nother conversation about that because I mean, absolutely that's important and that's better for productivity. It's better for creativity. You become a better leader. There's all sorts of good reasons why you'd want to do that. But in the absence of that, just create some space for yourself. It can be a couple hours. It doesn't have to be a couple of weeks. Um, the second S is simple. Make it simple, right? We, we tend to overcomplicate things. Well, what about this? And what about that? What if this thing happens? What if that thing happens? Just strip all that away and just like try to boil it down to the essence of what do I actually want in this situation, right? Because we we cloud what we want with all of these other factors. Think about going in to, uh, I don't know, buy a new outfit in the in the store. What's one of the first things you look at when you pick up a piece of clothing? The price tag, right? You're not even getting to the question of, do I want this? Do I like this? Would it look good on me? You're not even starting there. You're starting with, can I have it? So, the, the equivalent of that is just simplify, right? Take out all the, can I have this? Does this make sense? What are they going to think? Have I done this before? Is this prudent? Whatever. Just strip all that out and boil it down to the essence of, is this even something you want? And get clear sure. on that.
1: Yeah, easier said than done because we're so programmed to look at all the details and make sure we're covering all bases and our analytical minds want to take over, I've found. So,
0: absolutely. And that's why the, the space actually goes hand in hand with this because you don't have to do this, you have to, don't have to think this way forever, but you can say, Hey, can I give myself 10 minutes to set down the analytical mind and all the reasons why, you know, what is this person going to think? And is this going to be successful and all of that? Put all those things down for just 10 minutes and just say, What do I actually want? So that's simple. The last S is success, and it's really to come from an orientation that what you're going to do is successful, because we so often look at all the ways that's going to go badly, right? Uh, and that's that's human nature, right? We're we're risk averse people that's we evolved to stay alive, and this is kind of that survival instinct, and the way it comes to play in modern society is looking at all the ways this decision could go wrong. And instead of taking that, where's all the way it can go wrong, all the ways it can go wrong, take the perspective of where are all the ways it can go right.
1: Yeah, I love that, the optimism. And I've also learned how to reframe failure. So even if it is a quote failure, I'll reframe that to say this was a success because I learned something or I gained clarity because or I met a new person or I met a, I had a new experience that was really uh, invaluable in, in that.
0: Yeah. The, the, the little phrase I heard about that Gail, just to share that is it's not a failure unless you don't take anything away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, Good. So I know that that you have had support along the way. You have have been part of a men's group, I understand, or small group that also was part of your process for moving through this. And I'm such a huge believer in small group dynamics. I, I run a, a couple of uh, senior executive peer groups where I live, and bringing people together where they can feel like they can share anything and get some feedback and input from some other people. I've found to be so so helpful over the years for myself and for the clients that I work with. So. What What was your experience there? Was that something that you sought out? Did it just happen? And how can people find that kind of thing? You know,
0: it's something I sought out and created uh, because it was it was missing in my life, and it's something I wanted. Um, It's not easy to find. You know, I'll I'll be honest. Like finding that right group, and so. But the the thing is, to if you understand that there's some value in this, be willing to go out and find it. Um, I know for me, participating in these kind of in, in small groups like that is absolutely transformative. And there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number, number one is think about, I mean, think about your self-talk, right? Like most of us have, we with the things we say to ourselves, the way we're critical of ourselves, all that, like no one would ever say that to us. And you would never say those kinds of things to another person. It's just what's going on inside of your head. And so being in a group of people is so helpful because they're actually verbally saying to you positive things that are totally different from what you're hearing in your head. And that kind of uh, positive reinforcement just makes a huge difference. And of course you're going to learn things, you're going to get feedback, you're going to get you know you're going to get all sorts of kind of tactical things. but beyond the tactical things, there's this foundation of belief in who you are and what you're capable of that is really transformative because I, I will just say for anyone listening, you are doing a fraction of what you're capable of. And that's not a criticism. It's just an it's 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 really a celebration of your capacity and your capability. You're capable of amazing things, and we all limit ourselves because we're afraid and we you know oh my gosh, what if I did this? What are other people gonna think? Could I really do that? I've never done it before. We all have the self-doubt and hesitation, but being in a group can really help to celebrate your potential and what you're capable of and encourage you to realize even more of it.
1: Yeah. So how how would you find or create that kind of group? I know how I've done it. It's happened a lot kind of organically, but were there certain steps that you went through or did you already know people who were experiencing similar challenges or just had similar mindset? What was that process like?
0: Yeah, I knew some people with similar challenges and similar mindset and I invited them. Uh, I've done this a couple of times. I've done it both with individuals. I've also done it with couples. Um, And so that's more on the personal front, not on the business front um but to really just find people and sit down and have a conversation with them and say hey this is what i want this is what i want to create or this is what i'm looking for there are you know you find someone like you or like me who are connected to people who do this kind of work there might be a group out there uh, or uh, there are organizations that do this and so you can you can look at you know there's certainly plenty of organizations for ceos but if you're not a ceo there's other there's other places where you can tap into this but there are so many people out there in the world who are wanting to create this kind of environment and this kind of support structure. So tap into the people that you know, and, you know, ask them if, if they're not the right person, ask them who they know.
1: Yeah, I like that informal approach and just having it start small too. Uh, so I do encourage people just to start even with a couple of friends and, and see how much power they can gain by just being in that kind of experience.
0: And I will just add one thing is if you do start with friends, which is also great, make sure that that you just say, hey, for the next 30 minutes, we're going to do something different from what we normally do in our friendship relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is different. That's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> we're not just going to sit around and talk about the same old things in the same old way. Yeah, that's great. So um, a lot of what is required to go through this process of really putting yourself on a different path is is continuing to stay in a growth mindset. And there's so much out there in the universe about how to to maintain a growth mindset. So what, what are your tips or ideas around how you do that, how you nurture that. To some people, it seems to be so natural. And then other people, it doesn't, and they have to work harder at developing that. So what has your experience been with that?
0: I'm one of those people that's had to work at it. Uh, So I don't know if you're familiar with the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. She's the one who... So she, she talked about this fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And I grew up with a fixed mindset. Like, you know, this is, this is, you're a smart dude, Rusty, and this is what you can accomplish. And all of her research says that when you tell someone that, then they shy away from difficult things. Because it's like, if you do something difficult and you fail, then it's in, um, contrast to this belief you hold that you're smart and capable. So it's like, well, I don't want to try difficult things. But the growth mindset, actually, you know, you you like trying difficult things because you believe you're learning and growing and stretching and becoming a better person all the time. So first of all, if you're if having a growth mindset is difficult for you, I invite you to pick up that book, or go find Carol Dweck, listen to a podcast or you know, something from her, because she talks about she was really the, uh, the, 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 uh, brought this to light. She's really promoted it in the world. She's known for it. Yeah. So that's a great, great place to start. But uh, you know, one of the other things is to to really change your change your thinking. And you you got to this earlier around mistakes and performance, right? So many of us think that there is a, a right and a wrong, uh, and really, there is no right and wrong. There's no right way to live life. There's no wrong way to live life. There's just the experience that you have. Uh, and so if you can step out of this, you know, and I grew up with this, like, there's a right way thing to do things. And there's a wrong way to do things. That was that was a big part of my my growing up. And so it's it's taken some work. We'll come to far. Of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so that's, that's a big element of it. Um. And If you can let go of that and just recognize that, you know, part of life is about experimenting and trying things and seeing what happens. And uh, just, you know, to me, part of this comes back to my own process and my own routines that I have. So, you know, I I journal on a regular basis because that's been really helpful for me. I do some kind of like self-reflection. For me, that looks like meditation, but it doesn't have to be meditation. It can be walking, it can be sitting quietly. I know some people who start their day, they just kind of sit by themselves with a cup of coffee and just reflect. Um, so it's it's finding a process that works well for you. But to give yourself a little bit, a few moments of kind of grounding and reflection time, so you don't just rush into your day, because if you rush into the day, you're going to do things today, the same way you did them yesterday. And there's not going to be a lot of growth. So a little bit of reflection time is is super important.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you touched on experimentation too, since that was actually the topic of the previous episode before this one. So, um, a lot was in the context of AI and being willing to experiment, but that bridges over into every aspect of your life and your work as well. So.
0: It does. You know, in fact, I was just having a conversation with uh, my sons in high school and I was having a conversation with a friend of his who's a tennis player. And apparently in high school tennis, where you call the ball in or out, there's a lot of cheating, which I thought was kind of disappointing to hear, but it's the case. And there's a whole strategy or mentality that goes around. What do you do when your opponent is cheating, right? Do you call them out on it? Do you say, do you not say anything? Then do you say, are you sure that was out? You know, it's like, how do you approach that? And it was, you know, what one of the things I suggested to this friend of my, my son was like, why don't you experiment? Why don't you go do a game where you come out of the gate hot and you're like, that wasn't out? What are you kidding? <laughs> like, what, where'd you get that idea? Are you not paying attention? You know, but just take a different approach and see what happens. You don't even know. It's just, a, but I will tell you that doing something like that for most people is wildly uncomfortable. Right. But this gets to this, you know, back to this idea of the growth mindset. I think one of the biggest barriers to growth is your willingness to tolerate discomfort or your unwillingness to tolerate discomfort because growing is different and different is uncomfortable. So are you willing to tolerate that? Are you willing to experiment for the sake of growing and learning and just saying, did that work for me or not?
1: Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I know that we're, we're nearing the end of our time, but I wanted to see what you had to say in terms of uh, final tips or advice for people, regardless of where they are on their growth path, but especially to those that might need to pick up the pace or make a leap or do something a little bit different than they're used to. What, what advice would you have for for people that are in that that situation?
0: Yeah, I I think that there's I'm going to give you kind of like three pieces that all interconnect. Uh, One is to go back to this, uh, this idea that I mentioned earlier, which is zooming out. I think it's so important to zoom out to the broader perspective of your life, right? We all have a beginning into this life, and we have an end to this life. And to look at it and say, what's important to you? What, you know, at some point, you're going to reach the end of your life, and you're going to look back and you're natural to do some reflection and say, how did I do? Do I feel good about the life I led? Do I have any regrets? So I feel proud of the things that I did. So take a moment periodically to zoom out and think about that. When you do, uh you're going to uh you may get some ideas. And so when you get some ideas, one of the things to uh remember is that it might be uncomfortable to take action on those ideas. I will tell you when I walked away from 14 years at Apple and 20 plus years in the corporate world, it was uncomfortable. There was a huge part of me that was like thinking to myself, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? This is so risky. But I was willing to tolerate the discomfort because I knew in the big picture it was the right thing for me to do. And that gets to the third piece, which is courage. Uh, And most people misunderstand courage. Courage is not a lack of discomfort or a lack of fear or anything. Courage is a willingness to move forward even in the face of those things. Even when there is discomfort or fear, it's your willingness to move forward. And, you know, people think, well, I, you know, at some point, I'm just going to get comfortable doing this. And at least my experience is I never get comfortable doing it. <laughs> like growth always is uncomfortable because every time you're stretching beyond what you've done before, there's always this discomfort of, oh my gosh, I've never done this. What's going to happen? So um, that's what courage is. It's a willingness to say, you know, yeah, I'm going to move forward. Even though there's all these apparent reasons why it's uncomfortable or it doesn't feel natural to me, I'm still going to do it. And that's courage.
1: Good. Yeah, that's even become a sign to me that I might be on the right path. I'm feeling so uncomfortable that <laughs> this is this is a sign that it, I'm probably moving in the in a better direction. So, um, that's so good. So, what what is the best way for people to reach out to you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Uh, and you, I know you also have a book out that's a worthwhile read too.
0: So the best way to reach me is on my website. It's RustyGaylord.com. You can connect with me there. I've got a form you can fill out. You can download a few free chapters of my book. Uh, and you you can also, I, I publish a, a weekly email that goes out that talks about a lot of these themes, but specifically around the workplace and how they apply at work. So uh, check me out on my website, RustyGaylord.com.
1: Okay, perfect. Thanks so much. Well, Rusty, I know we could go on and on and we do seem to have a lot in common and are very aligned in the work that we do. So I hope that what we've talked about will give people a nudge or a push to to move forward in some new ways and really get on the path that that is most meaningful to them. So thank you again so much for joining me today.
0: It's a pleasure. Thanks, Gail.
1: And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week getting on your right growth path, doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.